What's up, y'all? This is Daisha McBride, also known as The Rap Girl. Um, and I just wanted to take a second just to check in with y'all, give you some words of encouragement. You know, as we all know, you know, life is hard. Things aren't easy, especially right now with everything that's going on. Um, but I just wanted to let you know that you're not alone. Um, me, myself, I struggle um, constantly with mental health and just staying positive and just, you know, different addictions and stuff like that. Um, but I just want to let you know that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. You are not alone. Um, you know, remember that you are loved. You are important. You are special. Um, and there are resources that you can go to. There are people that you can talk to. And just shout out to the Sober is Dope um, family, man. Shout out to the Sober is Dope podcast, man. Definitely go check them out. Um, but I just want to let you know that you're going to be okay. You can make it. Keep going and that you're seen, you're heard, and that you're loved. All right? You got it. The biggest poison in us is regret. I think there are a lot of people that have dreams and aspirations of things that they always wanted to do, but it wasn't the right time, or they didn't have enough money, or they didn't have enough experience. It's never the right time. You're never going to have the right experience. And all of a sudden you wake up and you're 70. And you're like, God, I wish I could have done it. It's what you don't do that screws with you later on. I get one shot at this life. This is it. And I don't want to go through life being the 80% version of me. I don't want to look back and be like 77 and be like, I didn't do that. There's so much I want to do, and I love life so much, I don't want to miss it. The three things that I want to leave with you, just these three, I could do 10, I could do a whole life class, but just these three things will carry you if you let them. First and foremost, knowing who you are knowing who you are, being able to answer this question, who am I and what do I want? Who am I really? My answer is I am God's child. I am that which is born of all that is. I am, as Pierre de Chardin said, a spiritual being having a human experience come trailing the breath of the ancestors yet, but trailing the breath of the angels. And understanding that because I am connected to the source of all that is, all that is possible is possible for me. That's who I am. And what do I want? I don't want to just be successful in the world. I don't want to just make a mark or have a legacy. The answer to that question for me is I want to fulfill the highest, truest expression of myself as a human being. I want to fulfill the promise that the Creator dreamed when He dreamed the cells that made up me. What do I want? You must have some kind of vision for your life. Even if you don't know the plan, you have to have a direction in which you choose to go. What I've learned is that's a great metaphor for life. 
You want to be in the driver's seat of your own life because if you're not, life will drive you. So, knowing who you really are in this space and time that we embody, that's number one. What do you want? Who are you? Number two, you must find a way to serve. Martin Luther King said that not everybody can be famous, but everybody can be great because greatness is determined by service. Now we live in a world where everybody wants to be famous and where we admire people for just being famous. We think being known brings us value. The truth is all of that will fade in time. In three years, you won't be able to name the housewives a banana. The real truth is that service and significance, service and the significance that you bring to your service is that which is lasting. So to be able to, whatever your occupation or job or talent or gift is, our honorees today, getting doctorate degrees, to apparently opposite fields, HIV and AIDS and the spoken word. But what they have in common is service, using the spoken word in service to community and the world using your knowledge and information about HIV and AIDS and medicine in service to the world. And if you look at all the most successful people in the world, whether they know it or not, they have that paradigm of service. Everybody's talking about Mark Zuckerberg and IPO. Service. Jay-Z, Rapid. Service. Through the word, to people, through song. For many years, I was really just happy to be on TV and people would stop and say, oh, you on TV? Yeah, I'm on TV. I like being on TV. It's a nice job. And it was about the time that I received my honorary doctorate from Spelman around 1993. So I don't know if that had something to do with it. I thought of myself as Dr. Winfrey. That I went back and I took a long look at what it was I was doing on on TV and made a decision that I was no longer going to just be on TV, but I was going to use TV as a platform, as a force for good and not be used by TV. And I will tell you, my decision to make that significant change in the way I operated on television, using television as a service, changed my career exponentially. Service through medicine, service through art. Using whatever it is you produce, your product, as a way of giving back to the world. When you shift the paradigm of whatever it is you choose to do to service and you bring significance to that, success will, I promise you, follow you. Service and significance equals success. That's number two. Number three, it's so simple, but so hard to do. Always do the right thing. Be excellent.
people notice. Think of how you notice. You go to Taco Bell, somebody gives you an extra napkin and some sauce. You notice. You want to go back to that person. Because even at Taco Bell, excellence shows itself. Be excellent. Let excellence be your brand. Everybody talks about building a brand. I never even knew what that was. When people say, you're a brand, I would say, no, I'm just Oprah. What I recognize now is that my choice to in every way, in every example, in every experience, to do the right thing and the excellent thing is what has created the brand. And what I know is that when you are excellent, you become unforgettable. People remember you, you stand out. Regardless of what it is, you become an unforgettable woman. And that is what we all want. We want to be unforgettable and not forgettable. So doing the right thing, even when nobody knows you're doing the right thing, will always bring the right thing to you. I promise you that. Why? Because the third law of motion is always at work. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. That is so true in all of our lives. You just have to do the right thing and the right thing will follow you even when people don't support it. I remember many times on my show, there are many shows y'all never saw. And the reason you didn't see them is because I got the last vote. And I remember 2010, my team, hardest working team in television, had done this interview with a woman who turns out she was a Sunday school teacher by day and a sex addict at night. And they were like, you won't believe it. We got her going out. We got her with the men and we get to show her and she was willing to show us everything. I sat down with a woman for an interview that was taped. And during the process of the interview, I said, why are you doing this? And she said, oh, I wanna help people. I wanna tell my story and I wanna help people. I said, do you have children? She says, yes, I have a 10 year old son. I knew right then this is never gonna see the light of day. So we got off the air and I said to the lady, we are not going to air that show. And she said, why? My producer said, why? She knew she was being filmed. She knew what she was saying. She knows what you, I said, because her son will never get over it. Her son will never get over it. And it's not worth a rating point to me. Not worth a rating point to me to know that there's a 10 year old boy who's destroyed because his mother went on the Oprah Winfrey show and told all her business. You do the right thing, even when other people think it may not be. And oftentimes, when you make a decision to do the right thing, immediately you're faced with doubt. Was that the right thing? Was that the right decision? I don't know, was that the right thing? You always know it's the right thing, when in the end, there is peace. You are rewarded by peace in knowing that you did the right thing.
Hello, friends and family. Welcome back to the Sober's Dope Podcast. This is our week wind down episode. Um, top of the week, we talked about a bunch of things, and this episode is going to be about motivation and recovery and how to stay motivated. And I'm gonna be honest with you, this has been a very challenging week. I've been speaking to a lot of different people. You know, some people relapse, unfortunately. Um, a lot of people hit milestones this week. It's a lot going on in the recovery space. But the good news is the person that relapsed got right back on wagon and that really excited me because that's the biggest theme in sober is though we do all of this to prepare us for everything that life and recovery may throw at us and um when i was speaking to my friend and they was telling me about the relapse and stuff they was like you know i'm day one so i'm like when did you relapse there's like a couple the, um, the like about two days ago and i'm like wow that that's it they was like get back on the wagon right i was like yes so it's not um the it's not the fact that we relapse is how fast we get back on that wagon and um so that was extremely wonderful and i want to specifically shout out everyone that's in early recovery you know you have people from this is day three to this is day 164 to this is my you know six month anniversary to i celebrated 31 years so it's a really beautiful spectrum of people in the recovery space and then you have people that were speaking to me about this week about um setting up some type of meet and greet that where people could just come together and just talk you know um about recovery just get things off their chest and kick it that's non-traditional like um alcoholic and narcotics anonymous so i'm thinking about working on something like that um it's beautiful that people that's actually still in recovery is reaching out just saying hey you know i'm thinking about quitting i'm getting ready i'm gearing up i think the narrative around recovery and addiction is definitely shifting and we're breaking the stigma we started out 10 years ago with the idea of sharing i started out with the idea when i say we i mean everyone else that i work with in the community well our goal is to shift that stigma of addiction being something that you should be ashamed of and that you can't share and that you have to keep anonymous and that you can't really confide in some someone and breaking the stigma that is some type of terrible thing and that um addicts are some type of monsters and zombies and creatures and some outcasts when we're not we're humans and you know we're going you know recovery and addiction is a disease and and it's a real thing you have different camps who say well it's not a disease it comes from pain either way look if it's if it goes through the cycle of relapse and um and 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 recovery if it's just like anything else it, it is a disease it's it forms in the brain it's an allergy something that you're allergic to something that you have an adverse reaction to and that keeps you into this habitual um addictive state so it's real serious and i think i like that idea because it's real i lived it and i definitely had it i had it it was something anything to keep me in that time loop and that darkness is just you know, it's not good. It was just like when you think of disease, you think of something that's really bad that you that needs to be healed and that you have to recover from and that you need therapy for and that you need medication for and you have to treat and you need a diagnosis. And that's addiction. Addiction at its root is um, really just something that we really have to like treat. And once we get it in, um, once we get our recovery in a state where we can handle it 
and where we're, um, detox and our drug of choice is out of our systems, then we live this specific lifestyle where we keep that demon far away from us, right? And if in the event that it ever haunts us again, we have all of these tools that we use in the Sober's Dope community to keep us or to get us back on the wagon. So... I just wanted to thank everyone out there who purchased a copy of the Sober is Dope book. Everyone that um, has been listening to the podcast. Again, I'm saying this off the top. I need a big favor. If you purchase the Sober is Dope book from Amazon, please go leave a message on, um, leave us a review on Amazon. It means a lot. The book is not going to be ranked really well if we don't leave reviews. Um, I mean, positive reviews. Please don't try to kill me out there. I haven't had any negative reviews yet, so it's very, you know, but I, I, I know I wrote a book that was designed to help people not to just, you know, take money from people. And I hope if you do have the book, it's really doing what I intended it to do to give you some comfort and give you a tool that you could keep with you on your recovery journey, something that you could dig into and find value in and something that creates thought and invokes spirituality and devote meditation and help you refocus your um center uh, around healing grace and redemption so please like if you're out there and you purchase it please go over to amazon it takes a few minutes to leave a review you'll just go to the book you'll scroll down search for sober is dope write a review it'll go a long way same thing with the sober is dope podcast if you're out there and you do listen to the sober is dope podcast please go to apple and leave us a review um thank you to my friend d'angelo who left a review for the book and also on the podcast it means a lot to me and thank you to everyone out there that i speak to daily on instagram i love you all and i care about you deeply and i'm very touched when i hear that someone gets up every day and listen to the podcast before work or before they go to the gym it's part of their ritual if it's part of your ritual you are my family show is dope is a family which means that if you're going through anything you can always reach out to me and we're going to work it out i never want someone to be shocked that i respond to you because you deserve that you deserve someone who's at the helm that that's um you know on the journey with you that will respond to you and care about what's going on in your life you know you're just not a number or a person every individual matters to me and i care about your bottom line your bottom line is my bottom line if i'm if i'm healing i want you to heal and i want us to work together so again thank you for everyone that's within the community um it really means a lot to me a few a few pointers for anyone that's in recovery that's having doubts or difficulties So I want to talk a little briefly about um, early recovery or recovery in general when it gets a little hard. I know um, a lot of us are in recovery for many different reasons. You know, you you may be in recovery because your life was unmanageable and you had to go to, you know, you just had this figure something out you may be in recovery for health reasons it may be something with your body where you can't drink no more and you have some diagnosis and you need to really just like change your lifestyle and that's a rude awakening and a wake-up call um you just me you just may be at a serious rock bottom and just be done you're sick and tired of being sick and tired i get it either way it's like you have it's not easy i'm starting to really remember 
and put myself into it. Like I had a lot of support, but it's important to note for someone who's just has to still go to work and get up and still go to school and still perform in life and just go about business as usual. That doesn't have the luxury of taking six months or a year off and just focusing on their recovery. Um, it's really important that I, you know, let you know that that's that's serious and I as many of you out there are in that form of treatment where you was forced to either go cold turkey maybe catch a couple of meetings grab a podcast here and there maybe buy a book and you just have to try to f- go roll with the punches you still got to get up early and go to work you still got to do what you got to do you still got to get the kids to school um you may still have to go to school you may be a kid <laughs> that's in school um it's, it's important you know for me to acknowledge that and what I want to say to you is that you have to create an environment around you that looks like rehab you have to treat it with the same care and attention that's the first tip I'm gonna tell you you know because right now you may have someone who has the same I've um, been drinking or doing drugs the same amount of time and they have the same amount of time as, in recovery as you do but they may be in a 30 day 60 day 90 day treatment you know with nurses and doctors and you might be home trying to juggle work and you're going through all of this you can see how that's different you don't have the same support system so what do you do how do you kind of mimic the rehab experience when you have to live and go through the day-to-day the first thing is really talk to your doctor like contact your doctor set an appointment have a serious talk sometimes doctors can help you with medication that help with withdrawal symptoms they could recommend different things they give you lifestyle tips it's a blanket of security that's really important um the other thing is definitely look up aa alcoholic anonymous narcotics anonymous or support groups like smart recovery um different schools like tempest and stuff like that 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 is extremely invaluable um you also have reframe the reframe app where many people that's in the recovery community pick coaches and stuff where they work with these coaches and um these coaches lead these meetings where you're able to share and listen to other people and that can help you get through the day you know it has to be a combined form of treatment where you're working all cylinders the other thing i would do is just try to have like once a month speak to a therapist or someone about your mental health and your recovery process talk about what what you know it's important to be able to talk about what you were upset what made you upset in your addiction who broke your heart why were you sad where where was the pain how did the addiction make you feel right um sometime talking about like when i go back and i tell people stories you know i i start to remember why at what my pain points who was i upset with who do i felt who did who did i feel like abandoned me um who did who may have been uh the center of my anger or rage right um what accountability that i have to take what 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 wrong did others do and what wrong did i do to others how did that make me feel what was i thinking at the time was i you know when we're in addiction we're not kind to ourselves we're hurting ourselves and then when you're in recovery you're trying to heal so it's important to think about those two worlds right and have compassion for yourself when you was in your addiction but also um just kind of mirror that so you have something to kind of work with um and then use that as a form of basis to go to therapy and talk to someone um so kind of like 
creating this rehab type world. Make sure you have a lot of good food in your house, a lot of fruits, a lot of uh, healthy snacks, a lot of water, a lot of beverages, a lot of things that the uh, comfort foods that you may like. I'm not saying go out there, eat bonbons like Kelly Bundy all day, but I'm saying like, you know, you may want to just have, you know, have your go to things that, you know, treat yourself. What I do is I make healthy smoothies. I have like healthy cereals that I may have that, you know, fun foods, fruit, fruit cups and fruit um edibles and stuff edibles i'm sorry edible arrangements <laughs> that's funny oh man jesus christ um not edibles but edible arrangements um and um stuff that you could use at uh you know you could order edible arrangements treat yourself to a nice um dinner but make sure in the house you have all of these things so when you get off of work you know you have like you know you can have a nice bath practice self-care you know practice a meditation take up some form of yoga yoga some type of um ritualistic thing that you can do to give you to offset the stresses of your day right you know and also let your family and friends and the people that you know that live live with no i know i say this a lot some of the stuff you're going to hear is redundancies but that's important because sometimes things fall to the cracks and it might be that one thing that you forget that you think you know or you heard or you'd be like damn I, that one thing is what moved the needle and changed my um um, the outcome of success for myself so to, so don't rule anything out but it's important to talk to your family it's important to communicate with your family and friends and to let them know that um you're in recovery and you take it seriously it's not a game it's not a joke it's not something that's cocktail talk where people could talk about it this is your life this is life or death this is good and evil this is god and the devil this is real people are dying if you have a chance you know the um i don't know the exact statistic but the likelihood that people have success in recovery is not that high because people do relapse people do go through a lot but i don't push fear just like i don't believe in a punitive god and a god that's gonna bring wrath and destroy you and hate you i believe that there's a merciful god and i believe that there's hope in recovery and more people are successful today than they ever have been so there's hope for you but you have to take it seriously and the people around you have to take it seriously because if they don't you're gonna stress out you're gonna feel like you're not important if people are not celebrating your wins with you, if every day is not a celebration, like, hey, congrats, you did it today. You know, I acknowledge that you did it this week. You got through this week. You know, um, someone that's really close to me just hit a month and I love them. And um, and we had to just do, we know, we gave each other a high five and was like, we're going to have to celebrate. This is a big deal. Sometimes just mentioning it means a lot to a person, right? Like, you know, that's a big deal. Sometime getting to your sixth day, celebrate it. Um, shout out to Vinny Vinny if you listen you just celebrated a milestone congratulations I'm proud of you um, I love what you're doing I'm happy you started your podcast everybody um, Vinny just started a podcast I'm excited for him Vinny you know you're a champ keep doing keep doing your thing I'm mad excited um, okay moving along mimic rehab how else do you do it how else do you do it um it's important if you're a spiritual person you know talk to your local church talk to your church talk to your priest talk to a family member who has a church because they usually could point you to aa they may have resources go to church on sundays even if you don't believe just go to church on sundays sit in the back just listen 
You don't have to believe. Just listen. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, I'll go to any I'll go to any type of spiritual service and just listen. I'll pick up the vibes. I'll listen to the music. I'll hear what the, the message and I'll you know how I approach life. I always and this is how I became well-rounded. I done meditated with Buddhists, I done, uh, monks, I, I meditated with Tibetan monks. I done I done been in uh with Muslims. I done did you know everything, every type of religion I could find. I embraced a lot because I approach life with you know, God made all of us. Something created all of us. And we all have our different languages, our different cultures, and our different approaches, right? But if I'm not open-minded, then I'm going to be, I'm going to limit myself. So I go into every situation with an open mind and I say, I take what resonates with me and I acknowledge the rest. And what does not resonate with me, I disregard. Doesn't mean it's trash or I throw it away. It's just, okay, well, maybe that, you know, I I don't, I I agree to disagree on that. But these 10 things are extraordinary and it changed my paradigm and the way I look at things. And you see what I'm saying? That type of like, curiosity and enthusiasm and being open-minded will bring you to a real state of enlightenment in your life so be open-minded in anything that you do and everything that you do go just go to some spiritual outlet you'll be surprised make that part of your ritual you know dr wayne dyer um he wrote the book erogenous zones and um uh, um, he's just a, uh, he was a famous uh, I believe um, psychologist that, was, that went on the road wrote this book Erogenous Zones became a multi you know everyone knows Wayne Dye he's a motivational speaker but the one thing that stuck with me in recovery and this was like day one to day 50 every day i used to say this to myself if you change the way if you change the way you look at things the things you look at begin to change right it's something like that any way you say it it makes sense but if you change the way you look at things the things that you look at begin to change so you have to like change how you look at life and recovery and when you do that the things you look at begin to change in your recovery be open-minded right remember you might not have the luxury of being in that rehab and if you are that person in the rehab this message is for you too because you have to go home after right and then when you go home you're not going to have the nurses you're not going to have all of these tools around you're not going to have the counselor you're going to have to really remember what you learned you're going to have to stick to your meetings you're going to have to create community you're going to have to do different things but most importantly you have to be compassionate yourself compassionate and the number one thing we all have to do is remember why we started Okay, and and I'll qualify that to say you have to remember the darkness. If you don't remember the darkness of your addiction, you're going to be empowered in your recovery so much that you're going to think that, okay, now maybe I could have one beer. You know, maybe I could have one drink. Maybe I could have that one cigarette. Maybe I could have that one pull of that blunt. Maybe I could just have that one pill. Trigger warning, of course. But this is the insidious nature of addiction. The better you get, the more you think you could backslide. But we know that there's a Mike Tyson loaded punch ready to hit you as soon as you relapse. 
and then you don't remember that darkness is going to come back with more demons it's going to come back to haunt you even stronger and this time it might just kill you and shall i say outside of alcohol there's fentanyl in the weed now it's in the pills it's in all illicit street drugs fentanyl is killing people on site so if you are dealing with drugs and you're listening to this and you you are um in recovery don't play around because it's not like five two three or five years ago where you could be safe now you're probably not even safe with narcan in, in many cases depending on how much fentanyl is in a specific thing these people who make this stuff don't care and where is a real new dr- um, war on drugs between trank and fentanyl and this stuff i'm asking you guys if you're listening to this please remember your darkness and do everything not to use and that goes for alcohol because once you start drinking alcohol you may want to do something stronger the next thing you know it could be lights out the stakes are higher now in recovery more than they ever have been right don't play around i mean you got people on percocets you got people on all of these things that lead them to heroin and you lead them to this and then lead them to trank and then lead them to being on the street they if you find a semblance of recovery please run with it also um i had someone that was part of the sober's dope community new person contacted me and they asked they said um i've been uh using percocets for over two years and i don't know what to do i don't know how to stop and i had to do some research and say well it's not customary to go cold turkey you may have to contact your doctor you may have to go through some type of medication medicated maintenance some type of system you may have to go into a detox or withdrawal but you're, you're making the right choice but this you're gonna have to take time so depending on your drug of choice do research because it's going to be important um, in the long run on how you recover some of us um, we have our own unique situation on how we use our drug of choice which means we're going to need our own unique treatment plan. So just be careful, be knowledgeable. And if you don't know the answers, inbox me or email me at SobersDope at Gmail. Hey, Pop, this is my drug of choice. I'm thinking about doing this. What do I do? Do I have a plan? Now, of course, you guys know I'm not a detox center, treatment center, medical doctor. I don't give medical advice. But I give you, you know, steps that you could take to get yourself on track right i lead you to the right direction think of me as a broker i broker you in the right direction hey you might need god for this hey you might need aa for this hey you might need this you might need this book you might need that book you might need this prayer you might need this you you know this is what i suggest is what i recommend and it's based on my lifestyle right i don't seen every type of addict come and go through my life and treatment friends and and i st- you know you start to develop a idea of what works and what doesn't work and the number one thing that works is don't bullshit yourself don't play with the process don't don't is a, a recovery is not a game it's not a trend or something that's like cute i'm in recovery look at me this is like a life-saving approach this is it's equivalent to being like trapped in a dungeon kidnapped and the chances of survival are minimal and by the grace of god somehow something happens and you get you make an escape 
You know, you're not going to go back to that same place and say to your captor, hey, here I go. Hey, put me back in the dungeon. I'm here. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, yeah. Kidnap me again. Just, yeah, yeah. Put me back in the dungeon. Put put the chains back on. No, you're going to run as far away from that location. You're never going to go back. You're going to do everything to make sure you protect it. You might even leave the country. Like, I'm not going back to that state. I'm not going back to that. I'm staying in my house. You'll do everything in your power to avoid getting yourself back into that situation same thing with addiction it's the biggest darkest demon out there you don't want to get captured by that thing again and winging it as if it's going to be easier next time it always get worse so why i talk like this is because most people like to sugarcoat addiction and recovery we don't want to play games that sober is dope because we want to live and this is a spiritual war a physical war psychological war an emotional war even if someone is listening and you don't believe in god even if you don't want to hear about religion i I get all of that still does not mean it's not a spiritual war that you're in all right you know still does not mean that all right so at the same time we have to just take these things seriously and that's all i'm saying i want us to live and that's how you mirror the rehab environment in real life so if you're in early recovery please take these tips when you're at work create a new work environment if you go out if you used to go out on fridays for drinks with your friends tell them i'm in recovery i can't i change fridays i take classes now lie sometimes you have to lie i'm not look i tell people you don't you could sometimes you just have to tell people what the hell they need to know to leave you the hell alone all right in recovery you have to just i mean you can't always explain everything to everyone or you could just be straight up honest but some people with their work environment they don't want to be you know it's hard to come out and say to your bosses and everybody well i'm an alcoholic and i struggle with this to the point where it affects my employment and i don't know i don't want to tell you that so i'm just gonna so you just have to make just say you know what guys i know we usually go out but i can't go to the christmas party i can't go here i can't do this i can't do that make up as many excuses because at the end of the day you don't want to put yourself in an environment that hurts you that's what i had to do i remember i'll tell you a quick story and we're gonna wrap this episode up this is one of my greatest pre um success and recovery stories this was the pop that was almost six to seven months sober when i was younger before i went on that last real two to three to four year binge this was a time where i really I was like, oh man, this was one of the best points in my life where I did, I I looked so good, I tried, I got sober, I was doing everything, I was still, I was, I was just in a beautiful way, I had all of this real estate, I still had all my nice clothes from real estate, but I had a high school reunion, and I remember saying to myself, I don't want to go to, to this reunion because they may stay serve alcohol and I don't know if I'm ready. And I remember my friends and family were saying, well, no, you've been doing good. I didn't know any the half of the stuff that I know now. I, I, I didn't have my sober as dope brain at the time. I was just really just trying to go cold turkey and just be the best person I could be. And 
I didn't have no training on what to do when I'm thrown into a professional environment where I see friends and at a reunion and everyone is dressed nice and everything is the um sur- you're surrounded by your old professors and everyone is ordering this drink and that drink and you, you know you're trying to keep it together and all your friends is like yo what are you drinking pop on me and I'm like no I'm good I'm good nah come on just one and I remember one of my friends kept bothering me man this guy kept nah come on man don't worry about it it's the reunion just one on me it's just one and I was trying to be like nah I'm cool man I can't because I'm kind of I didn't know how to explain it I had no training I had no one that could prep me I had no podcast so this is before podcasts even existed all right this was probably the year it was two it was 2007 this was 2007 I wound up getting sober in 2012 so you could imagine man I had to go shit another five years before I found actual success and this was a chance in my life where I could have been talking about I could have been sober in 2007 right but I had no skills I didn't I should have never went to that stupid reunion as much as I love my high school friends and the reunion it would have been another one I could have you know I could have met them outside I could have said hey guys I just came I just came to say hi and I'm leaving but everything went well the whole the whole actual reunion in the school and everything but then of course everyone wants to go to the, the bar or to the club afterwards because they was having so much fun and that's when I should have just said no guys you know what I'm going home but they call it familiar spirits for a reason they have this thing in the bible where they talk about familiar spirits it's the people closest to you that would try to drag you into a dangerous situation and I remember one of my friends that I went to college with after high school I had a soft heart for him I really loved him man this was one of my good friends and he didn't know everything I was going through when we was young and I wasn't really vocal about it and he was just like come on man come on pop and everybody was like come on pop we going I, I try to get out of it nah come on everybody grab me they pull me and then so I wound up in this bar now and I'm like yeah could I get a water I get a water I'm very uncomfortable I'm super timid I'm only six months in I'm not supposed to be in a full-blown bar so I'm in this bar now I have no skill set I don't know what to tell people everything was crazy they're ordering drinks after drinks and my friend just kept pop pop come on what you drinking on me bro and he's like yo bro come on now he's remembering me from he's remembering college when we was in college how we were wilding so this is after college i graduated from college in 2003 so he's probably thinking yo but i'm like nah 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 and one then he just was like yo just one bear man just one let's just do one toast and i was like uh i i guess one oh my god that was the end of it man that was that one bear took me from 2007 on a binge all the way to 2012 where I almost died multiple times. I, I lost half a liver. Um, I had scars all over my body. Damn near lost my crib, lost my fr- friends, family, everything. That one decision took me from 2007 to 2012. That one beer was not worth it, man. And I had no skills. I didn't know what to say. I wasn't trained. I didn't have anything. So when you're listening to this podcast, I'm telling you, I'm giving you everything I have. So when you're in that situation, you like, buddy, if you love me, call me a cab. Matter of fact, you got Uber. Get on your phone. Call the Uber. Hey, I got a family emergency. I see all y'all later. 
peace and be out of there because that's the devil's den that i could have died between 2007 and 2012 and him being a friend he was just trying to be cool and fun it wasn't his fault i should have said yo dude i'm an alcoholic stop asking me for drinks man and get out my face don't ask me no more like I, now i tell people straight up listen i don't drink don't ask me if you ask me it's an act of war and i'm gonna get it i'm gonna get on you i'm gonna tell you now don't ask me don't play with me you start that real men could drink and real women and it should be a we're gonna either physically fight or i'm gonna remove myself or you're gonna remember me you're gonna say i'm never gonna ask that guy again because each of us has that family member that's ignorant that's gonna hey come on drinks on me you can do it come on be a man be be a girl you a big girl put your big girl panties on and all that that's all the devil talking you don't need all of that and each of us has that friend that's gonna be like yeah come out to my fam my family's barbecue it's safe and you get there and everyone's drink drinking and smoking there's a, there's a cloud of weed in the air there's bottles everywhere you stuck in the middle of nowhere or that friend that invites you to come to come come to work with me or come come out to this thing or i'm taking you out or just and then you're stuck in an environment that you're not prepared for you have to be prepared to say nah man i'm not doing i'm good i have something to do so you know what i did with my friends now let's let i'm gonna give you a skill set listen let's go catch a movie because i can't we can't get drunk in a movie theater let's go to a diner now yes they serve alcohol at diners but it's not a bar environment it's usually families it's milkshakes it's coffee go to you know go to our ihop take the people that trigger you to places where you can't relapse and if they're not your friend and that's not cool and they can't have a little pancakes with you at an ihop and they can't enjoy a sober movie get them out your life every one of those friends in my life are no longer in my life i said bro i can't i can't hang with you without it being the theme is alcohol what do we have in common i'm in recovery I'm like, I don't love you enough to go into your world and be triggered. You crazy? I could die, but you would be like, you know what I mean? There's a sense of false loyalty, fake toxic loyalty, we call it. Toxic friendships and toxic relationships and toxic loyalties. Oh, this is my best friend. This is someone I love. I have a bunch of best friends that I haven't seen in five years. Well, shit, I think since 2012. I'm the master at evading people that's toxic. I love you with all my heart. We got to see each other soon, and you will not see me in the next 10 years. It will be no way you will find me or see me. But I will give you all the love you need. That's what phones are for. That's what text messages are for. That's what emails are for. You, you know, the days of I, I love, that's my have to be there for this toxic person is dead. Now, this may be the biggest lesson because you're going to have shelter at work. Nobody's getting drunk at your job unless you're a bartender. If you're in recovery, you shouldn't be a bartender. Um, you're going to have shelter at church. You're going to have shelter um, at your home. You're going to have shelter at the gym. You're going to have the shelter at a regular family restaurant you're gonna have shelter at a movie any place the the ballpark go to a game you know the game is so big nobody should be bothering you of course they sell alcohol yeah but you could get yourself a big thing of soda and a, and a bunch of food and have fun right it's not an environment where the whole theme is let's get drunk the theme at a ballpark is we're watching a game that's what we're doing that's the commitment i'm making to you that i'm gonna watch the game with you but if i go to a bar with you and you say man what you the first thing someone asks well, what you drinking tonight right if i go to the club with you yo what you drinking tonight 
Now, I have a bunch of friends that I grew up with in my life who never drank and did alcohol. And they used to take us, they, my friend, like my friend, one of my friends, Lamar, he used to always take me to the club. And this guy would dance all night and party. He wouldn't drink. I look at him like, man, where you get this energy from? And that's what it was. He's like, I don't drink or smoke. I mean, I can't have fun. Go out with those friends. Right? Doesn't mean you can't have fun in recovery. Just don't fall for the trap that I did in 2007. That was the kiss of death. And I'm glad I'm here today to tell you that story. So that's my tips today. Mirror rehab. Don't fall for the trap for friends and toxic relationships and toxic loyalty. We're going to do holiday episodes. Easter is coming up in about two weeks. So Easter is another family. It's a silent killer. Everyone buys new clothes. If you don't go to church, it's about family getting up, having Easter Sunday dinner. And it's usually alcohol involved. So really make Easter this year about God. All right, Jesus, it's the Resurrection Sunday. Make it about that or just don't celebrate it. And if you celebrate it, make it about the kids, the bunnies and all of that. Make it a daytime, a brunch thing. Like we're having breakfast and we're drinking sodas and juices and having fun. There's not an environment for alcohol. This is not an evening thing. The party's ending at three o'clock. It's Easter Sunday. Have an Easter brunch, Easter breakfast and just chill. Okay. These are my tips. Like it's these basic things that I want to reinforce in you. You're doing well, but you're going to be challenged. And when you're ready, I want you to have your gloves on and saying, I'm ready. I know this. I see this coming. And, you know, most of us might hear about these scenarios and most of us might hear about these situations. And you might think, no, nah, I'm going to be fine. I'm telling you, they creep up on you fast. Someone taps you on the back and they put a drink, a, a Long Island iced tea, trigger warning right to your face. Yo, hey, I got you one. You know, what's your first instinct? They catch you off guard. Someone buys you a drink and tells you, yo, this happened to me once. Someone, I had a drink that someone gave to me at a party and told me it was just juice. And if I wasn't, my girl tasted it. And I was like, yo, this smells funny. And she tasted it and was like, yo, this is straight up alcohol. We couldn't believe it. I was like, yo, I came to this. I, I was doing something for a sneaker company. I was doing some a promotion for a sneaker company. We were doing a photo shoot. We're in the sneaker store. My friends was like, I went to the the, per, the bartender and said, yo, bro, I don't drink or anything. Just make me like an orange and cranberry and stuff. And he was like, nah, nah, we got non-alcoholic drinks here. He, he gave me the juice. He came, He gave me this thing looked like orange juice. And I went to sip it And I don't know if my girl was like Hold on let me check But somehow she checked it And was like Yo that shit has alcohol pop And we was like Yo that shit would have made me relapse One sip of that Would have changed Every chemical reaction Every cell in my body Would have turned on I would have literally transformed And I would have had zero control Over myself at that point Because I have a disease of addiction It's that serious I would have been poisoned Because I'm allergic to to it and I have an allergy and I have a brain and I'm a, and it's a it's a disease of my brain and how my body reacts to dopamine and that cycle if I turn that cycle back on it's off to the races I can't play with that you can't play with that so always double check your drinks or BYOB your own stuff man all right bring your own beverages to the events you know if you're a person that's into mocktails bring your you know non-alcoholic beers whatever I don't have 
have no problem with near beers, whatever. If you someone that has a problem with that, don't drink it. But this is the difference between you. I'd rather you bring your own non-alcoholic stuff than someone serving you something, telling you it's non-alcoholic and you relapsing. You know? And that's the fastest way to shut someone up. No, I got my own stuff, bro. I'm good. I'm good. I got my own drink. Step back, bro. Good. Don't bother me. I, I, don't ask me again. And sometimes, listen, just don't be a punk about it. I have to, listen, all of us were super gangster in our addiction, want to curse people out, get on top of tables, fight, and do all of that. In recovery, is not a time to be a punk. Sober is dope is not about punks. Man, my, my brothers and sisters, hear me closely. Get your inner gangster going when you go in public. Tell people, yo, get out of my face. Stop asking me. Don't ask me again about nothing. Be you a problem. Stay away from me. I'm telling you, I'm in recovery. Stay away from me, bro. If you ask me about a drink again, I'm we're gonna be fighting. All right. Don't be a punk. Don't be soft spoken. Don't worry about being embarrassed. Don't worry about somebody knowing that you're in recovery. That type of behavior will lead you into a relapse because you care more about what other people think than your actual recovery i would tell somebody yo get out of my face and leave me alone i'm in recovery i'll make a scene ask me for a drink one more time i don't drink bro you can scream it i don't drink i am in recovery i'm a recovering alcoholic you dummy don't ask me again it's offensive Right, we have to start finding that inner outrage again. Where's the outrage? We get outraged when somebody says something that doesn't fit in our cultural beliefs and doesn't fit this and doesn't fit that. We gotta treat addiction the same way. Yo, respect my recovery, bro. I'ma do a t-shirt. Yo, respect my recovery, bro. Respect my recovery. Or is the last time we talking? I, yo, I have a really close friend, and I'm a rap here because I'm the king of not rapping. Um, I have a really close friend that I do not talk to anymore. I do not want to talk to this guy ever again because in early recovery, he kept giving me a hard time about my. He was the only person on the whole planet that kept bothering me about my recovery. Yo, real men could drink. You should know, you know, you ain't no real man. Yo, I wanted to kill this guy, man. I'm telling you, I was I was so angry. I wanted to fight so bad. I'm not a violent person, but when it comes to my recovery, I feel like people could take me there because now you're jeopardizing my life and my spirituality, the commitment I made to God, myself, family, this new world. Like, don't play with that. This is life and death, man. Like, don't play with my recovery, man. This dude kept bothering me. I was crying. I was in rehab crying. I was so mad. I was crying by my, all my friends in the recovery house was like, yo, pop, why are you crying? I'm like, yo, this guy keep bothering me man on instagram man this guy's supposed to be my friend he keeps texting me all this crazy stuff about real men could drink so i had to block him and i haven't spoke to him in nine years you know what i'm saying and and i know i'm big on forgiveness and forgive yourself and all of that and i did forgive him and he has a brother that i'm close to and i told his brother yo tell him i love him tell him i care about him i wish him the best he needs anything i'm always there i just can't speak to him because i can't run the risk of this guy getting me angry like that again one but taking my recovery for granted too so please the whole point of this episode is i don't care if you have one day sober 
or 30 years. It's the same thing. There's no difference. The only difference is there's no difference I could think of. Because we we could put down the, the moment you put your guard down and you play around with your recovery and you lose that, you could potentially die and go back off to the races and back into that um, proverbial dungeon. And I don't want that for any of us, right? My 10 years is no different from your 10 days. Don't listen. I'm not, I'm no authority on recovery because I have 10 years. I'm just showing you the steps that got me to 10 years and I I have to keep following that to get to another 10 right so that's it but we are the same in that we are very sensitive our our recovery is very fragile and we have to be proactive all right and aggressive about our recovery we have to let people know this is serious and I'm letting you know I'm leading with it I call ahead to my friends who throw parties Yo listen if I come to your party man You gotta let your people know I'm in recovery Do you have food If you don't have food it's a game changer I'm not coming to your party if you're serving finger food I'm sorry bro You need to be serving actual food And 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 do you have non-alcoholic beverages And do you have a safe place Where I can chill if things get too wild Another thing if you have to go to a party Go an hour early When no one's there if you're the first one there you're the first one out So you, my friend's like Yo come to my barbecue I'm like what time does it start 3 o'clock I'm there at 2.30 Hey you need help with anything I came to just make sure You need some help Now I'm chilling I'm there I'm helping I'm part of the staff I'm part of the, the crew of people That's putting the thing together Yeah man You know 4 o'clock roll around Now people's just starting to come in They're just starting Hey man Had a good time I got a plate to go Love you man Yo you leaving already Yeah man I got present President Obama's meeting me at the house later. You know, like I said, tell people what you got to tell them. I don't care. Pop ain't a big for lying, but when it comes to recovery, man, I told every story in the book. Man, listen, I have to, I got jury, be sad Sunday. I got jury duty an hour. I'm out. I got to go. You know, I tell people whatever I got to say to get out of Dodge. Just get your butt out of Dodge. You can fulfill your friendship, your personal um, commitments and stuff, but you don't have to be there to the end of the party you don't have to stay the whole day sometimes your friends just want to say nah man thanks for pulling up you took some pictures for instagram you know we ate a little bit we laughed you left mad respect bro peace people respect honesty you can still show up you can still have fun just protect yourself now listen if you're new to sober though we have over 100 episodes that reinforces what i'm saying here but we have episodes specifically about this, like how to navigate this. Um, we have episodes for Christmas and dry January and um, Thanksgiving and holidays and how to New Year's, how to get through the New Year, how to get through birthdays. Right, your birthday is another time. It's your birthday, not your friends and families. So someone wants to take you to a bar on your birthday when you in recovery. You say I'm in recovery. I don't want to go to a bar this year. Like let's we not doing that because that's for you that's not for me it's my birthday i'm in recovery let's go somewhere where i'm not triggered and i can have let's go to a bowling alley let's go to dave and busters and shoot some hoops let's go to play laser tag let's jump out of a helicopter let's go to the opera let's go to a movie theater let's go to a play let's go anywhere but a bar you could do better than a bar if i'm in recovery if your friends are trying to take you out 
to places that they want to go on your birthday switch the narrative hey it's my birthday i'm picking where i'm going this year if you want to come I, I ask everybody to keep it sober with me i'm in recovery every one of my friends said nah i'll do it with you bro you sober I, they meet up with me they don't drink my friend shay shout out to shay shout out to nudge shout out to eric shout out to evan shout out to rock shout out to all my people on prospect all my friends all my ig I meet up with guys, yo pop, what's up? What we doing? It's never about alcohol. We know pops in recovery. We we we're not doing that. You know, we go to regular restaurants where, you know, the most you can get is probably a beer or something and it's just food. It's like a regular family establishment with kids running around. We chilling. Now, we could get grown and sexy, but it's still not about going to a bar and getting lit. So that's look, that's my tips. Mirror rehab, mirror your detox. If you're home and you got to do the 9 to 5 thing and you don't have all the resources every one else have create the resources let people in your family be on notice love yourself take care of yourself go get the sober is dope book say the prayers read the affirmations don't forget to leave reviews everybody please like come on man i need the community to step up if you got the book go on amazon leave a review we need the reviews because i want every i want them to amazon has a way of marketing and pushing the books to people in recovery based on how many reviews it has and with with, with less reviews it just kind of gets buried in the noise and this book is a really good book so i'm being honest with you like we have to make sure my goal is to get this book in ten thousand people hands by some time all right so i need your help to, to, to go out there share it get copies for your friends um let people know leave reviews man it's the most um the best form of service you could do is to leave a review for someone with a podcast and with a book because it helps bring awareness to other people who may not ever heard of us who may not know me but they we want them to get the message of recovery i love you all if you are dealing with anything in specific if you want me to do a specific episode for you you want to hear about a specific topic hit me up at instagram at sober is dope and just inbox me hey pop man can you do an episode about this i want to hear about this and i'll do an episode for you i like taking custom requests i'll do the research and i'll apply it to my life and i'll give you i'll shoot it i'll shoot you some game on recovery however you want it um let me know i love you all you're listening to the sober is dope podcast thank you for your patience thank you for listening to me i love you all i really do thank you for the support and i'll catch you on the other side peace and love I need you like I needed God Memories of an alcoholic can see the scars No remedy to explain this psyche barred Beyond jail, every cell was in need of bars God forgive me please, memories of needing weed I was used to psychedelics, had me seeing threes I was used to Christian brothers, had no quiet near No brandy, eventually was my final fear Past the bogey pop, after death I missed my pops Cried the ocean, held my breath, had no need to stop but devotion gave me second chances, needed God Sounds romantic on Atlantic Gab, I found my God Jesus Christ is real, addiction is an affliction curse One description seemed depicted in emotion hurts Walking dead, unconscious when conviction hurts A crucifixion of the human birth consumed in dirt 
God help us all recovery with diction first The decision falls, hope my benediction works On my knees before I crawled, asked God for help And after all what I saw was a God of wealth Not cash for gold, forgiveness for a lonely soul Not forgotten in the homeless cold or home alone Whether crack pipe or whiskey gin addiction spins Around we go sick within such a vicious gin Such a vicious cycle But there is hope when the love is there God mercy for the boy help the man appear But there is hope when the love is there God mercy for the boy help the man appear Now I'm sober 